0: On April 17th, 1897, a UFO crashed on a farm near Aurora in Texas. The pilot dies in the crash and was reportedly not of this world. They were buried at the Aurora Cemetery. But what became of the grave and of the UFO debris? Is it proof positive of otherworldly visitation? Join myself and Neil as we delve into the world of cowboys and aliens, to try to disseminate fact from fiction. is out there.
1: And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly delve into the Uh, those things we see in the sky sometimes or claim we've seen and don't get believed or get shouted at. um, I'm your host, um, one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm Stu Jackson. I'm also here. It's not a solo
0: show, is it, Neil? It's absolutely (laughs) not a solo show, no. I suspect (laughs) you didn't quite know where you were going with that. I I didn't really know. I hadn't really
1: thought it through. (laughs)
0: well we've been doing enough of these now we should
1: yeah we should we should yeah it, so. i thought should i try something new shan't i you know and I, I remember one time I, I was in bed with my girlfriend and she had her back to me and i went to call her darling and then sort of halfway through it, um, yeah as, as i opened my mouth i just i changed it to babe and i ended up calling her dave <laughs> and she spun <laughs> like, like she had an electric shock. <laughs> she turned over and said, who's Dave who's Dave?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that's brilliant
1: <laughs> sometimes they're just waiting for that kind of slip aren't they <laughs> oh dear me <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well
1: yeah on yeah. that note <laughs> yeah so um, first tip of this this show is uh, don't don't call your girlfriend by the wrong name especially no, by especially not Dave especially not Dave <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I hope our listeners are thoroughly entertained
1: by that little story there. I know, and 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 learn an important lesson as as I (laughs) did. (laughs) Learn an important lesson.
0: Um, Please, please, though, do not tweet us about important lessons when in bed with your girlfriend. Um, We we don't need to hear that kind of thing. Um, But so, do you know what? I I normally like to segue from one subject to another.
1: <laughs> we're talking about this. There's not an easy seed there, so um, let's get straight to it. Um, this week we're going to be talking about the Aurora, Texas UFO incident. We are yes. Um,
0: so this is back. Well, it's over a hundred years old now. Um,
1: April the seventeenth, eighteen ninety-seven. Yes, um, indeed. Um, so, so pretty much the Wild yeah. West, and I've seen Western set more recently than that.
0: Well, I, I, I think of it as kind of the Wild West, but I mean, I don't know if our image of the Wild West is different with us being British and in Britain, um, but uh, perhaps well, our listeners can correct us if we get it wrong, and it's nothing like the Wild
1: West at all. Well, it's I, only I 100 knew, years old. I, I knew someone when I was in the army whose dad was the Western novel writer J.T. Edson, who wrote a whole string of, of pulp western novels in the 70s and 80s i thought yeah but he's from derbyshire in england <laughs> what does he know about the wild west well actually he knows as much about the wild west as anyone because what we you know the, the john wayne wild west is largely a, a fictional creation mm. and um why would he know any less than someone living in say new york or los angeles what what do they know about life down on the plains of texas and well, also the people
0: the... who who were in the Wild West hmm. uh, came over from mostly the UK anyway um, yeah so oh. they, were, they yeah. were us a, few, es- a couple of years when, ago. Especially when,
1: when Ireland was still part of the UK yeah. mm. the right. British Empire Absolutely. so, so, so uh, yeah so 1897 <laughs> Wild West um, this is um, a UFO crash on a farm. Um, similar to the more famous roswell ufo incident um in which um which result is claimed to have resulted in the fatality of the pilot but instead of being taken away and dissected he was given a decent burial
0: we now, yes i need to um say so so i made an error when oh. i uh gave the description of this episode coming up i think i said very very wrongly that uh, the pilot lived amongst the townsfolk Um, Yes you did Uh, because
1: I was looking for that I thought oh I've got got the wrong Aurora Texas UFO incident. My bad. Um, No,
0: I've no idea where I got that from. Um, No. (laughs) 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 Probably an episode of Doctor Who. I don't know. Uh (laughs) Cowboys
1: and aliens. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I apologise to listeners uh, if I've misled or uh, yeah. anything like that. It wasn't intentional. It was just me misremembering
1: yeah. now what in, in, little I knew. In, in 1897, the only kind of flying vehicle that folks would have seen um, with, of terrestrial origin would have been a balloon or a dirigible, a steerable balloon. Mm. A zeppelin. An airship. an airship. An airship, yeah.
0: And And this was described as an airship. Um, by many, because, I mean, we would probably use the term aircraft. Um, but well, an yeah. airship was probably just a, a thing that people could relate to. It's flying up in the sky. It's, it's artificially made. Mm. It's not a natural thing. It must be an airship.
1: Well, I remember my dad telling me about when he was a kid and the Hindenburg Zeppelin flew over in the 1930s. And he said it sort of came over the house and it just kept coming and coming and coming like at the start of the first star wars movie this giant mm-hmm. spacecraft is just coming and coming and coming so an enormous thing hundreds of feet long but i've seen pictures of much smaller dirigibles where where there's just a, a, like a single i think one of them actually has like a bicycle under, hanging underneath it and the pilot sits on a saddle and, and steers it with with handlebars in it really but still obviously quite a big balloon in order to have be able to lift the weight of a human being absolutely
0: and on top of that i mean let's not forget airships at that time whilst they exist they were very rare this was not a normal um everyday occurrence seeing one
1: no um they they were very rare things well yeah there weren't many of them around when you when you see them you see the size of them it's an amazing undertaking to build something like that they would have been would they've been flying transatlantic by that stage i don't I know i honestly don't know i don't.
0: I, I don't I, I can't imagine it but maybe a few decades away
1: i i yeah i don't know actually i should look this up when when did it when did it when was the first airship let me let me look it up now.
0: See. <laughs> well, whilst you're looking that up, um, to give our, our listeners a bit of, a bit of background about the story, so this th- this was reported in a newspaper, uh, the Dallas Morning News, um, a couple of days later that this this UFO was said to have hit a windmill. I don't know if it was a farm. You said a farm. I don't know if it was a farm. But it was certainly on the property of uh, one judge, J.S. Proctor.
1: Um, um, yeah.
0: Around about 6am, um, um, which, which caused it to crash. Mm. The pilot was described as being not of this world. Um, and in fact, uh, an Army Signal Service officer uh, from Fort Worth uh, reported him as being a Martian. Although obviously mm. we wouldn't take that that he's from mars um just you know alien because uh, martian was like a catch all term like like Hoover is for vacuum cleaners
1: I, I suppose yes i don't know when when martian suddenly became the main go to alien visitors i mean, it's a it's a neighboring planet isn't it so um
0: but i think science fiction played its a, a massive part in that because Because Mars is our closest planet, it's Mm. easier to imagine and conceive of of beings coming from there. Mm. I mean, the the earlier sci fi, of course, talked about you know beings coming from the moon, yeah. Then it was Mars, then it was you know further out into the solar system, then it was. Adjacent solar system. So, so, kind of science fiction as, as people get their heads around the enormity of space, science fiction has been pushing further and further and further away till we get to um, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Um, and, and then yeah. even interdimensional. So, yeah. So, I, yeah. I think science fiction plays this whole it's a Martian thing.
1: H.G. Um, Wells' novel, The War of the Worlds, came out in 1898. What was written? Published Did in 1890? So, so a, a year, year after afterwards. This. So maybe retrospectively, they, they, they after the, you know, the year after the crash, they started talking about, oh, it must have been a Martian because they'd, they'd someone had read The War of the Worlds. I don't know how widely that travelled. And in answer to an earliest question, um, the first flight of a steam-powered airship took place on September the 24th, 1852. Okay. 50, 51 years before the Wright brothers first flight traveling at about 6 miles per hour or 10 kilometers per hour Giffard, um, Giffard traveled almost 17 miles 27 kilometers from the Paris race court to Elancourt near Trapp. Right. So yeah, so okay. they definitely were powered steerable so ash. Yeah.
0: Um and, and yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable to um, mm. say that they were around uh, that does mean, however, that this predates the Wright brothers
1: by some years by by four years. so I can imagine the people of Aurora, Texas might have as you said, um airships and balloons are probably fairly rare. Yeah. I mean, mm. people go hot air ballooning today these days when it's you know, it's it's obviously much safer, but it's a rare sight, isn't it, to see a balloon in the sky. Yes. Um, it's it's not often it, it's you actually need very rarely calm conditions to fly a balloon. Really low, e- even though they rely on on wind. Um, I never knew how you steer a balloon, um, and the way you do it no. apparently is because um, the wind isn't blowing in the same direction at all altitudes because it's it'll go in a convection. So at a certain altitude, it might be blowing north to south, but then it'll convect and further higher up it'll be going south to north so you can travel a certain distance going south and then if you want to go back the way you came you just go up away until the wind starts taking you in the other direction yeah um but you know it's not it's not really accurate so so the first the first airship was in 1852 um the imperial german navy ordered its first zeppelin okay, a much larger one you know in 1912 I've, I've, so
0: I'm 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 going to put us. We're we're famous for our digressions, but yeah. this is perhaps going a bit far away from the actual event.
1: with right. our listeners t-
0: <laughs> tuned into here. We are, it, but out, I just so.
1: establishing what kind of craft were possibly around um, that could have been of terrestrial origin that would have crashed into well, this. I, th- this I think the
0: rarity of of airships. Um, makes it unlikely, certainly in my opinion. Add to that as well, an airship crash. Well, there would have been records of an airship flight. Take uh, their range wasn't that great, um, mm. not at that time at, at least. But so the, there would have been records of it. There would have been one missing. There would have been a but, person missing.
1: But the, the, I mean, there wouldn't have been air traffic control or anything that like we understand it now, or registration of aircraft or whatever. Anyone who could have built one could get it into the sky couldn't they or give it a go well yes
0: but somebody you know somebody's
1: wife or brother or do you know what I mean
0: somebody would have known but you know
1: we're talking about the wild west people were missing all the time didn't they they'd go out on the prairie and get bitten by a rattlesnake and wouldn't come back or shot by by bandits
0: but with an airship makes it more of a unique event Um,
1: yeah um and indeed,
0: whenever there's new technology, people revel in finding um, <sighs> problems with it. With finding, you know, oh, look how dangerous it is. Um, oh. So, so yeah, I think I, I think there would have been at least some sort of record or report in newspapers. We, we'd know. We'd know if an airship had gone around that area, had gone missing around that. Time.
1: Well, there is in Wikipedia. There's a print of uh, a, a newspaper discovery of evidence surrounding 1897 UFO crash, baffled scientists. I'm not sure when that when that article was published, though. Uh,
0: that was much more recent. That uh, that yeah. newspaper clipping. Um, yeah, it is quite a recent uh, development. Mm. So what's happened? I mean, you were right in what you said that they discovered a body in the crash oh. um some have said very heavily disfigured body which again doesn't suggest airship to me because um you're talking about a low speed cr- a crash for a start and, mm. and it was described as going quite low speed you know maybe 10 12 kilometers an hour when it crashed into which, the which rail, is airship speed which is airship speed absolutely but you're talking a relatively low height oh. for an airship you're talking a low speed impact so in the crash why would a person be I mean I can understand how they would be killed but to be heavily disfigured to the point they look like they're from another planet
1: there's no mention of an explosion is there if, if the gas in the balloon had ignited somehow
0: no uh, no mention of an explosion at all um but the the body of the pilot was buried um in Aurora Cemetery. Mm. Um there was a marker stone with a UFO carved on it. Um <laughs> in fact, because they did they didn't know his name. they called him Ned. Um but of course they didn't know his name. So th- again, there's no identifying materials on him,
1: there's no paperwork. All sounding mm. a bit odd
0: to me. Um, it is a
1: bit odd, and also they're talking about the debris from the crash, which doesn't mention anything. that's like a balloon. It looks like it was made of metal.
0: Well, now there's some really some interesting kind. things about the debris. So, um, what happened was the debris was basically dumped uh, into a nearby well hmm. uh, underneath this damaged windmill. Something. Why also would you ended do that?
1: You have got a crashed vehicle at some point. Why would you throw it down your well? Uh,
0: it was making people ill, apparently.
1: So you'll you'll add, you'll uh, add it to the water supply. The well was uh, sorry. The well was no longer in use. Yeah, but it could still it would still contaminate the groundwater, wouldn't it? If someone else digs another well, it would... knowledge wasn't as. Well, um, no, I suppose not. No. As
0: good as it is now. <laughs> I but think they that's they, what we can
1: they they figured out that something about it was making people ill. Yes. Or or you know, a bit like in you know, witchcraft in the in the seventeenth century in England, um people become ill or someone's someone's lettuces get eaten by slugs, so they think this is witchcraft. There's a witch or someone trips over a carpet. The witch Yeah you know so so maybe you know people became ill with something and they said oh it must be something to do with that craft that crashed because you know what else would it be exactly
0: um there's some of the metal is also buried with the pilot Mm. um and there's an interesting sort of side to that where um for a long time it, it was showing up Uh, with metal detectors. It was clear, you know, metal detectors were going off, went over this area. Then, some years ago, the headstone goes missing, which happens, uh, and you can imagine, like, someone wanting some sort of UFO souvenir or something. I can can easily understand that. But at the same time, suddenly, there's no... Metal detectors are not going off. Um, The local council wouldn't uh, allow exhumation um of the grave just absolutely always refused point blank but um and i have heard reports that around the time that the headstone went missing um the ground did look very much like it had been disturbed
1: i mean you have to have a good reason to disturb a grave don't you i mean yes. even even a police officer who thinks that you know, who's got a new lead about someone who might have died and needs to get permission to open up a grave um, it's not easy to come by there's a lot of resistance to that
0: yes um, and and I can understand why um, but it sounds to me like with, with the disturbed earth with the headstone going missing with the metal oh. detectors no longer registering anything it sounds to me like something was removed there um, discreetly and
1: um, so re- removed from the cemetery, yeah um, you instantly think government <laughs> um but you also think well, it's quite an old grave, but no that's I mean they have to be really old don't they? before they say, okay we can we can start putting fresh ones in the ground there we're we're running out of space, I don't imagine they run out of space as quickly in Texas as they do in London,
0: no, and indeed there's still a Marcus so they've put a stone down to mark the location, so oh. they're they're kind of keeping the grave going, um, yeah. as it were. Um, now the the debris from this craft. Now this is quite an interesting side to it as well. Um, they they basically over a long period of time, uh, it ended up being capped off with concrete and uh, and all sorts of things like that uh, until um an owner sorry more recent years an owner wanted to dig a well where it was i'm saying recent; it's not that recent we're we're talking maybe um well i think it was around oh yeah 1935 um, mr
1: bradley Oates purchased judge proctor's property um cleaned out the debris from the well in order to use it as a water source later developed an extremely severe case of arthritis which he claims to be the result of contaminated water from the wreckage dumped in the well. So by that time, maybe people had gotten the idea that you don't dump things in your water supply. Absolutely. That they probably weren't too savvy about in 1897. Um, So Oates sealed up the well again with a concrete slab and actually placed an outbuilding atop it, according to the slab, this was done in 1945.
0: Exactly. But now also, the, you're
1: saying about the debris. They put debris in the world, but there was also some of the debris went in the with the alien in the grave. That yes, I mean, that's that, what that, I was uh,
0: saying. That was registering by a metal detector, and then it disappeared. Yeah. At oh, the right. same time that the ground was disturbed and the headstone went missing. That is that is odd. Um, I mean, I think the government took it personally. Um, as interest was growing, as people were pushing harder and harder for exhumation. Um, I think the government said, right, we need to get this thing out of here before anybody sees what it really is. That's my personal theory. It's pure
1: speculation. Just exploring um, a theory. Yeah. um, Or or exploring the the limits of my scientific knowledge um, as to what a balloon would have been made of in those days. Was there a fabric that had metallic qualities to it in order to obviously it's got to be um it's got to be sealed not it it can't be a porous fabric the gas I, bags
0: i i can't speak for airships but i actually know a little bit about hot air balloons so <laughs> okay <laughs> so to, to digress slightly into my history i used to work for a, a car manufacturer um, mm. who who expanded quite dramatically um back in the early 2000s mm. Um, and at the same time, a company up the road in Bristol, in the UK, uh, had just closed up shop, a company making hot air balloons, and they needed people to who could operate sewing machines and stitch mm. fabrics, uh, so we actually brought in a lot of stuff. My job was as training manager of the site, so um, I had to sort of induct everyone. Anyway, that's, that's beside the point. But because of that, I can tell you that hot air balloons are made from silk. Right. Nothing metallic about them at all.
1: And it has to be presumably has to be treated with something to Does the silk have to be treated or is it airtight enough?
0: Uh it's it's airtight enough, apparently. I mean I think it depends on the grade of silk and you, obviously you know I, you, I
1: keep, you don't just get cotton, you can yeah. get cotton
0: in different thicknesses and my and, view, it's the same for silk.
1: But where an airship or dirigible is different from a balloon is that a balloon, that is the balloon, isn't it? It's a big bag and you fill it with hot air and that lifts yes. you into the air whereas if you look at something like look at the zeppelin i will say that because people know what a zeppelin looks like when you're looking at that long silver body of the zeppelin that's not a balloon that's a lightweight container which is full of balloons full of gas yes. bags all, all separate so that you know, it's not not just one big balloon there so is a
0: structure to it there's uh, a structure now, which, which is the, made of when, metal it's made of metal in more recent times um, oh. because you know we, we've uh, managed to create alloys like aluminium which are yeah. uh, aluminum for our American
1: friends. Which apparently um, is the more correct way of saying it. It really isn't, there's
0: an extra iron yeah. there that's being ignored and no, no, for it's me it's uh, aluminium. <laughs> but it, anyway we're not going to go down yeah. that route today. Um, But, yeah, I don't know if they would use balsa wood in the early Zeppelins uh, and airships. Would they? I I don't know. Again, I'm purely speculating here. I I mean,
1: balsa wood's great Uh, for model aircraft because it's light, but it's also quite fragile, isn't it? It wouldn't support... It wouldn't carry a human being
0: in... That's true. Um but then it's not just the bolster, is it? You know, it's providing basically a structure oh. uh for the bag of air or oh, yeah. bag of helium, um in this case. Um or oh, hydrogen hydrogen wasn't it the early ones, of course. Oh. Um so yeah, so it's it's just providing a, a frame yeah. rather than actually, you know, supposed to be Yeah uh, they call it rigid but yeah. Um it, it would have been interesting it, I mean, you say about the, the metal though, because the debris that they found hmm. was mostly aluminium.
1: Yeah.
0: But with comi- with compounds with um uh oh what's the name? Um elements. Mm. Elements that were unknown.
1: At the time. I mean, now, they might now- be even, but they they haven't got the debris now, have they? They, they, can't, they can't examine it, and haven't had uh, it since.
0: Debris was definitely taken. Water from the well oh. um, has been tested, <laughs> so we've got that, um, oh. which tested normal except for large amounts of aluminium. Mm. Uh, apart from that, it had no significant contents.
1: So, if again, testing the knowledge of my science, if if aluminium. In a well, can contaminate the water. Does that mean that the aluminium biodegrades? I mean, will it? Could I, it rust yeah, away? I, could it rust away to nothing and, and show no trace to a metal detector?
0: I'm not a, a, a metallurgist.
1: No, I'm, uh, I'm not. So, I'm so, I, so listeners, please, please, please do messages if you know better. If if something metal buried in the ground can um, oxidise away to such an extent that it will no longer show up on a metal detector. Well,
0: isn't isn't that a thing? Well, aluminium, I believe... <laughs> I might be wrong here. Do correct me if I am, listeners. But I believe aluminium doesn't show up on a metal detector anyway because it doesn't contain iron.
1: Right. Does that... Um...
0: Um, I mean, if it contained iron, it'd be a lot heavier, surely.
1: But... What, what kinds of metals can metal detectors detect or not? Detect? Does, it have, does it have to have a, an iron or steel element? Or iron I, steel, I believe it is,
0: Yeah, I believe it is. Because it all works on magnetic fields, and of course, iron is. Magnetic. Yeah.
1: Um, so, so. But you can that's find.
0: That's my, my understand. I'm going to say, like, all right, I'm going to add the rider. <laughs>
1: <yeah. laughs> I'm not an expert in this field. Um, but it is my understanding. But they, they, people can find coins, can't they, which are copper, zinc, nickel? That they can find those. Better. And coins aren't magnetic.
0: No, but they're not pure copper.
1: No, they say that zinc and nickel and things like um, that. In them,
0: they usually, well, they're in, and they're not pure zinc either. They're not pure nickel. They're, they're compounds, they're, they're alloys um, mm. that they just contain quantities of these. And they, they all contain uh, iron. Do they? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, iron's probably one of the most common
1: metals on the planet. So it can even... I mean, if you take your medieval money, which would be pure silver, or as pure as silver it can get. It can't be 100% pure. Is it 94 point something? There's usually a stamp with a number on something made as silver. And it's nine something, which indicates the number of parts per thousand that are pure silver. Mm. And you can't get a hundred percent. It's not, it, well, I Pure think it's, silver,
0: pure gold are very soft.
1: Yeah, but you, you pretty much can't get pure silver. Um, it's, it, it, if you bought something that was solid silver, it would have that stamp on it with, an, with an, a three digit number starting with a nine, which would indicate the number of parts per thousand that are silver. So it, it's almost a hundred percent, but it's not quite a hundred percent. But I've forgotten what the exact number is. Again, listeners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's the but that's the part. I mean, when you think how the core of the Earth is iron. Yeah. Um, you know, iron sort of infiltrates everything. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Um, but yes, I've got the um, uh, the link that yes, the landowner during an investigation done by uh ufo hunters Uh, yes so they did a television program in 2008 about this very subject um yeah the landowner gave them pieces of metal that contained mostly aluminium and an unknown element
1: now there are a number there have been a number of investigations into this isn't there there's um a program called the ufo files Mm -hmm. um so this is quite convenient december the 19th 2005 ufo files first aired an episode related to this incident titled texas roswell the episode featured a 1973 investigation led by bill case an aviation writer for the dallas times herald and the texas state director of mutual ufo network or mufon Mufon, um our
0: listeners will be very familiar with mufon of course
1: of course yes and i move on and uncovered two new eyewitnesses a mary evans who was 15 at the time um her parents forbade her from going to the crash but she snuck along later and um charlie stevens who was age 10 told her he saw the airship trailing smoke as it headed north toward aurora he wanted to see what happened but the father his father made him finish his chores <laughs>
0: there you go so um, um I mean that again, so if it's trailing smoke, that doesn't sound like an airship.
1: Airships don't trail smoke. Well if it had a steam engine it would.
0: Yes. I mean, it airships would have motors trail of it, yeah.
1: Steam, yes. Well, and smoke from the the whatever furnace is powering the
0: steam engine. True. And uh, but you'd also expect an explosion from a steam powered airship.
1: Would you do uh, uh, steam engines? Yeah, that, that much hydrogen with the, with the furnace crashing. It, if it crashed and the furnace ended up yeah in con- falling on top of the balloon somehow, then yeah, I can imagine that would set it off. Hy- hydrogen isn't as explosive as people sometimes think. mean in order to make an an airship explode you really do need to rip it open with incendiary and explosive rounds in order to to let enough oxygen in to combine with the hydrogen and and then ignite it. I mean in the first world war they found zeppelins very very difficult to shoot down because they just wouldn't catch fire and the first guy who shot one down had a plane with a, a machine gun mounted pointing vertically upwards Loaded with alternate um, armor-piercing, well, explosive and incendiary rounds, so he could fly underneath it and fire a sustained burst at pretty much the same spot to rip a hole in it that eventually would let enough air in and 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 then his incendiary rounds would ignite it. But that's what it took. And obviously, he was taking fire. I think he got the Victoria Cross for it. The so because the, obviously the Zeppelin was shooting back. Uh, but he so he had to maintain this position underneath it to keep maintain his concentrated fire on the same spot to set it off oh, okay but this is not a podcast about no but, but this is about <laughs> but this is about explosions and, and it is you know, it is But I, I can a relevant it's a relevant you know, point a, a smaller bag which becomes ruptured that comes in contact with a furnace that's powering a steam engine yeah that would that would create an, an explosion an
0: early air shit I, I can yeah, yeah. um Well, okay, let's let's we've come to that point where we need to summarise uh, what we think about this. So, um, you know, in a in a change around, I'm going to go first on this. I'm I'm going to say I'm absolutely convinced. I don't think this was an airship. I think it, it. There's just too many. Yeah, but this didn't happen and that didn't happen and and people would have known what an airship looked like and they would recognise a disfigured human from a oh. you're a bird human as opposed to thinking it was an otherworldly creature. Um yeah, there's there's just too much too many unanswered questions. I think this is absolutely a case of otherworldly visitation. Um and I want to know I, I think I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would have been the government that's removed the body of Ned. Oh. Um and the materials. Um it'd be interesting to If if we could see some of the materials, some of the debris, I'd very much like that. But um, but no, to me this is absolutely, um, absolutely convinced that this is a an otherworldly visitation that went wrong. What about you?
1: I really don't know. This there's so little evidence that there's tales of evidence. There are things that that could be causal, could be coincidental. Um, there was a hoax, um, which was based on a nineteen eighty time interview interview with a one Etta Peggs, an eighty six year old resident, who said that uh, Judge Proctor didn't even have a windmill for for it to crash into. So, um, you know, I, I I really don't know. I, I, I'm gonna keep an. It, it, it could be. It could be. It's quite possible that there was. I mean Etta Peggs um, stated that um, the article was written as a joke to bring interest to the town of Aurora which was kind of dying on its arse because the railroad had bypassed it and they were just sort of stuck out in the middle of nowhere how can we how can we put ourselves on the map for something you know that that's as like that's as plausible to me.
0: Okay, I mean, the hoax thing has been discredited as well, so there's a lot of back and forth on that. Um, mm. I suppose that gives everyone the opportunity to kind of... Um, <laughs> believe what they want one yeah. way or the other there. Um, but there we go. But what do you believe, listeners? What do you think about this story? Um, it, is Neil right? Is there is there more to it? Do we need to... Uh, investigate more or like me do you feel that you know the evidence of this unknown element in the debris and the missing alien body from the cemetery is that enough of a smoking gun to convince you that this was genuine do text us tweet us, email us all that good stuff let us know you can find us on Twitter and Facebook my searching Aliens Explored or by visiting AliensExplored.com Don't forget to join us next time uh, When Now I'm going to ask you a question Neil, have you read Rendezvous with Rama by Arthur C. Clarke? Um, I have not, no Okay, uh, so Rendezvous with Rama. Listeners, if you haven't read it, it's worth getting a copy out uh, of your local library. Do support libraries, we're very keen on that. Um, And having a good read of it, because something very similar to the events described came close to happening in 2017, where an object entered the solar system and behaved... Not as one would expect from a natural thing. We'll be discussing that next time. That is the object Umuamua. Or Oumuamua. My Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. I
1: My Hawaiian's a bit bit Ooh, that could be like kisses, could be I'll probably just really <laughs> insult. I hope not.
0: I hope the So do forgive us our full pronunciations, listeners, uh, but do join us next time when that's what we'll be discussing. In the meantime, keep watching those windmills and the skies. Take care. Bye for now.
1: Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on AliensExplored.com.